welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is Saturday of the third week of Lent. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us call to mind our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Let us pray. Rejoicing in this annual celebration of our Lenten observance, we pray, O Lord, that with our hearts set on the Paschal mysteries, we may be gladdened by their full effects. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Hosea. The Lord says this, They will search for me in their misery. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has struck us down, but he will bandage our wounds. After a day or two, he will bring us back to life. On the third day, he will raise us, and we shall live in his presence. Let us set ourselves to know the Lord that he will come is as certain as the dawn. His judgment will rise like the light. He will come to us as showers come, like spring rains watering the earth. What am I to do with you, Ephraim? What am I to do with you, Judah? This love of yours is like a morning cloud, like the dew that quickly disappears. This is why I have torn them to pieces by the prophets, why I slaughtered them with the words from my mouth. Since what I want is love, not sacrifice, knowledge of God, not holocausts. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It is steadfast love, not sacrifice, that God desires. It is steadfast love, not sacrifice, that God desires. Have mercy on me, God, in your kindness. In your compassion, blot out my offence. O wash me more and more from my guilt and cleanse me from my sin. It is steadfast love, not sacrifice, that God desires. For in sacrifice you take no delight. Burnt offering from me you would refuse. My sacrifice, a contrite spirit, a humbled contrite heart, you will not spurn. It is steadfast love, not sacrifice, that God desires. In your goodness show favour to Zion. Rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with lawful sacrifice, burnt offerings wholly consumed. It is steadfast love, not sacrifice, that God desires. Glory and praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Glory and praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus spoke the following parable to some people who prided themselves on being virtuous 
and despised everyone else. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood there and said this prayer to himself, I thank you, God, that I'm not grasping, unjust, adulterous like the rest of mankind, and particularly that I'm not like this tax collector here. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes on all I get. The tax collector stood some distance away, not daring even to raise his eyes to heaven, but he beat his breast and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. This man, I tell you, went home again at rights with God. The other did not. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the man who humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, oddly, I think sometimes we're not served by our familiarity with the Gospels. Because when we read it, we often think, oh, well, Pharisees bad. They're the ones who opposed Jesus. They're the ones who were closed to his message. And then secretly we hear tax collectors and we think, oh, well, they're the good guys. They're the ones that Jesus really loves. They're the ones that he spends time with. And those nasty Pharisees are a little bit upset that he spends so much time with tax collectors and sinners and all the like. So I think sometimes in order to get the real kind of shock that people must have heard when they heard Jesus preach this parable for the first time, that we need to do a little bit of translation into our own time. Let me say, a nun and a bikey walked into the church. And both of them prayed and one of them walked out justified. The nun, surely. Well, this is the twist that Jesus puts on the parable. Because it turns out that the very one that you expect to be the most righteous is the one who walks out not at rights with God. And the one who, let's face it, has probably got a lot to answer for, for the way that they've conducted their life and the way that they've treated other people, that this person actually walks away at rights with God. So what's the difference? Well, God bless the church and the way that she puts the readings before us. I think she gives us a really handy hint at the end of the first reading that we have today. What does the prophet Hosea say? What I want is love, not sacrifice. Knowledge of God, not holocausts. Well, take a look at what the Pharisee says. The Pharisee, first of all, points out the fact that, okay, I'm not doing a whole bunch of sinning. I'm not grasping, unjust, adulterous like the rest of mankind. Tick, tick, tick. Yep, well done. Good on you. And then he points to the sacrifices that he does make. He says, I fast twice a week. I pay tithes on all I get. Right? So a tithe is paying that 10% on what you receive and giving that 10% in sacrifice to God. And it's like, okay, well, tick, 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 again, you're doing what is required. But what's the problem here? Listen to the beginning of the parable. Jesus spoke the following parable to some people who prided themselves on being virtuous 
and despised everyone else. Well, this is the Pharisee's problem. He's parading his own virtue, while at the same time having scorn for the tax collector who's praying behind him. But remember what the prophet Hosea says. What I want is love, not sacrifice. Well, what, what do you see then? The tax collector standing some distance away, not daring even to raise his eyes to heaven, but beats his breast and says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now, here's the thing. The Pharisee points to everything that he can give to God, everything that he's handing over to him. I'm fasting twice a week. You get these 10% on everything that I get. Look at everything that I'm giving to you, God. But the tax collector just stands there and says, Look, Lord, I got, I got, I got nothing. There's nothing in the tank. But all he asks is to be in friendship with God. Be merciful to me. Lord, give me what I don't deserve, because you are good. Lord, give me the forgiveness that I haven't earned, because you are loving. It seems that this tax collector's got a better idea of what God is really like. And, you know, maybe the tax collector's actually got a little bit of Hosea in his own mind. What I want is love, not sacrifice. Well, Lord... If that's what you want, then that's what i got to give you. So I suppose the question comes to us, because let's face it, whenever Pharisees appear in the scriptures, we kind of got to think of like practicing Christians, right? Like Jesus is talking about the ones who take religion seriously. Well, if we're the ones who take our relationship with God seriously, how is it? our fundamental attitude toward God is referred? Am I secretly proud of everything that I give to God and everything that I can do for Him? And does this pride then lead me to despise everyone that I count as being outside? The sinners, the tax collectors, the ones who don't go to Mass on Sundays, the ones who don't have regard for the Ten Commandments. Or am I really like the tax collector, knowing that I'm a beggar before God? There's nothing that I can give him that he doesn't already own. There's nothing that I can do for him that he really needs me to do. I'm a beggar, but I ask him to have mercy on me. I ask him to love me. And with the weakness of my own heart, I try to love back. At the Saviour's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. 
for the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ in our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you always shine on our path as a sign of salvation and of hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick, who at the cross took part in Jesus' pain, keeping your faith firm. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need, and we are sure you will provide, so that, as in Cana of Galilee, we may return to joy and to feasting, after this time of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform to the will of the Father and to do as we are told by Jesus, who has taken upon himself our sufferings and carried our sorrows, to lead us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. Under your protection we seek refuge, Holy Mother of God. Do not disdain the entreaties of we who are in trial, but deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God our Father.